It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to catch up on from the weekend that was. Talking about the BYU basketball coaching search. Got some information we can pass along there. Who's the front runner? Where does Mark Pope and Nevada stand? A lot to break down on that front. Second segment of the show, we're going to continue with our post-spring analysis of position groups. We're going to talk about the defensive line today, in particular the defensive tackle position. We'll do defensive ends on another day. We'll talk about defensive tackles. Headliner there, Kairos Tonga, but some of the guys really stood out in spring ball. We'll talk about that. Really could be a position of strength for BYU in 2019. And then, we'll, of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports in the final segment of the show like we normally do. So a lot to get to, like I said, on a Monday edition here on Locked on Cougars. Reminder for you guys, when you get in your vehicle, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars. Makes it real easy to always stay up to date when you are driving around and that we always be up to date on all the latest in BYU news and also if you need a new podcatcher check us out on the new Himalaya podcast app a fantastic new podcatcher adding all kinds of features all the time a lot of technology going into it so it's a good option for you guys if you are dissatisfied currently with your current podcast but you also can find us on all the other major podcatchers Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher Everywhere a podcast is to be found, you can find the Locked On Podcast Network and this podcast, Locked On Cougars. With that, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for April 8th, 2019. (music) 
All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hopefully, you guys all had a great weekend. If those of you that are uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, hopefully you enjoyed General Conference, some new temple um, announcements, etc. Not some of the other rumored rumblings and rumors that were supposed to come out of General Conference. Put that coffee machine away, everybody. You know who you're, you know who I'm talking to if you're listening to me. Anyways, that was just a joke. But a lot to get to on today's show. The BYU basketball coaching search enters its second week officially coming up tomorrow. Uh, it was two weeks to the day that Dave Rose announced his retirement officially. It had been rumored for a long time before that. But the question is, is BYU going to have a new coach in place in the near future? I have been under the impression since late last week that BYU is looking to name Dave Rose's successor the latter part of this week. We're talking a Thursday, Friday type of a deal. If they have to extend it into early next week, I'm sure they're not going to be opposed to doing that, but it'll be very interesting. There are four very clear leaders in this race, and the clear leader overall is Mark Pope, plain and simple. If Mark Pope wants the job at BYU, BYU wants him at the helm of their basketball program. But there is a new wrinkle that has been added to that story. And that is the story coming out of the University of Nevada at Reno. Eric Musselman, the former NBA coach, had the Wolfpack rolling the past couple of years. He is new, the new head coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He's headed to the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. And that leaves an opening in Reno for a program that's got a lot of guys leaving, but a very strong incoming contingent of talent. Mark Pope has connections to Mark Fox, a former coach there. Uh, He's got connections just to the program in general, just overall. And it's a program that's set up to have success in the near term. And everything I have heard about Mark Pope, and I know this might burn some BYU fans. Some of you responded to me when I said yesterday on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch that Mark Pope was very much a player in this whole process, that you felt like the Reno job was no better than BYU. Well, I don't mean to sound crass or mean about it but what are you what in the world are you thinking nevada absolutely is a better job than byu right now they're a nationally ranked program they play in the mountain west conference the prestige factor they've got talent they got guys going to the nba when was the last time byu had a guy drafted into the nba it's been a while nevada's probably gonna have two or three drafted this year potentially It's a program that is set up for success in the near term, and everything I've heard about Mark Pope is that he has bigger aspirations than being at BYU for his entire career. Plain and simple. And I don't know, I don't want that to be upsetting to BYU fans, but this is a guy who grew up in Washington, went to Washington, transferred to Kentucky, played for Rick Pitino, won a national title. I don't think he sees himself winning a national title at BYU. If he did, he'd be a legend. They put a statue right out in front of the Marriott Center as soon as he won the national title. But he has bigger aspirations. He has aspirations to coach at Kentucky or another big blue blood program in college basketball. So is the launching point for him, is it better to go to BYU, grind and have to really dig for guys when you have to deal with multiple restrictions in recruiting? You can't bring in mass transfers like he's done at UVU. You have to deal with the honor code. You have to have guys who are willing to live by that set of rules. You have to deal with the academic issues that BYU has been facing, the stringent academic requirements. The guys would have to 
overcome to be able to go to BYU to get enrolled to get admitted to the school does he want to deal with all that or does he want to go to Reno where Musselman proved that hey the formula that Pope has used at UVU bringing in transfers graduate transfers guys unhappy with the current situation we all know the transfer epidemic going on in college basketball well he's been able to bring in mass transfers and really rebuild UVU and build them into a whack power on the backs of transfer players he's recruited a fair amount of four year players Wyatt Lowell the reigning WAC freshman of the year is a four-star prospect out of Arizona, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he uh, he's done a good job at kind of mixing transfers with guys who have a longer term at the school, a four-year kid. Well, he can do that in Nevada. Eric Musselman built his program, this uh, that top five ranked program for much of this past season on the backs of transfers. So I think Mark Pope, he's got to be looking at Nevada job as very enticing because he can carry on the game plan he has used to build UVU into what it is there at Nevada. But it's got bigger prestige being in the Mountain West Conference. It's got a program that was ranked in the top 20 nationally this year. They made the NCAA tournament and has all kinds of NCAA just talent all over the NCAA, NBA type talent all over the place. A very strong incoming class if it holds together for Reno. So it's very much a big question of, does Mark Pope want to go to BYU and deal with all the restrictions that BYU has? And I don't mean that in a bad way. They're just restrictions. It's plain and simple. Or does he want to continue on with his game plan? He's used at UVU, and it looks like he could do that at Nevada. We'll see. If Mark Pope passes on this job, I feel like Mark Madsen is very much the number two guy in the mix. Both his parents and his in-laws live in Utah Valley. He owns a home here in Utah Valley. So be a very natural thing for him to leave the Los Angeles Lakers staff. He's been on staff there for a long time. He's got connections with Shaq and uh, Phil Jackson, of course. To come home in a way, a prodigal son type of return. I know he didn't play at BYU. He played at Stanford, but almost a prodigal son story, a guy that was screams BYU, but didn't actually go to BYU, coming home and leading the program. I think he'd be the number two guy. He has that pop, that sizzle. It has this the the star power is what Mark Madsen brings. So if if Mark Pope decides that Nevada is the right place for him and I see multiple reasons why it would be good for him. I also see reasons why he decided that BYU is where he wants to be. He has to make that decision for himself. But if it is not Mark Pope at BYU, the other Mark, Mark Madsen, is probably the number two guy with a dark horse in Barrett Peary. Barrett Peary is a guy who is ground and ground and ground. Speaking of being a head coach at the JUCO level, being Herb Sendak assistant at ASU and also at Santa Clara. He's gone to Portland State and he's put up a winning record with the Vikings in in the Big Sky Conference over the last two years. He has got all of the credentials you want for a guy who could come in and help build a program, but he does not have the star power that Mark Madsen has. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. So I guess the biggest thing is it's all going to depend on what Mark Pope does. That's the first domino that needs to fall. And I've multiple people have noted this. I've noted on the podcast that Pope is the lead candidate. It's just all a matter of what he ultimately decides to do and then BYU goes from there. Quincy Lewis, a guy that's on BYU staff, I don't think he gets this job. They'd have to have Pope, Madsen, and Peary all decide, yeah, it's not worth it for me for him to get the job. But I think that Quincy Lewis would be very much an asset to the incoming coach in terms of staying on the staff, building some continuity with the 
players into this new coaching staff. But also, if Quincy Lewis continues to coach well, just continues to build his reputation with BYU fans, etc., maybe he's the next coach after this incoming coach. I think that's more it's more of a long play if you're Quincy Lewis. If you want to be BYU's head coach, you got to be looking at one more coaching transition beyond this current one. So there you go, guys. Uh, let me know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Always love interacting with you guys, and got some good response from you. So I had multiple people reach out and says, like, so Ryan Vihar here, Ryan O'Shan, he says, while I believe that his aspirations are bigger than BYU hoops, UNR is not a, not a better job than BYU. Easier to launch from yes, better no. Ryan, I think you have a point there, but I I think in the history of college basketball, BYU is a much more prestigious program, plain and simple. But right now, Reno is the better job, plain and simple. A couple other things here. Thomas H., BYU apologist. None of these those mentioned are bigger programs. Fact remains, if you want to use your next job as a stepping stone, any school could be your, could be your key or your doom. Well, Thomas, what I just said about BYU, you have three things you have to deal with. The honor code, academics, and you can't bring in mass transfers if you're Mark Pope as the BYU head coach. I think that's three things that go against him being the head coach there. Um, one other guy here says, Dad of boys, five. The gig keeps getting harder, too. Nevada has placed two coaches at SEC schools in recent history if he's looking for a springboard Nevada would be the much better option so there's a lot of people weighing in on both sides of this Uh, Matt Brown from SB Nation a good friend of mine he says BYU is a hard gig hardly a job you should take if you're trying to springboard to something else so there's a lot on both sides of this for Mark Pope and I don't envy his decision but he's gonna have to make it in short order because like I said BYU everything I've heard from my hashtag sources say that they want to make a decision by the end of this week if at all possible they'll push into next week if they need to but they want to get a coach in place get a staff in place before the open of the spring recruiting period which opens up later this month I believe the 23rd something like that I'll do some more research on that we can talk about that but Very interesting situation all in all. All right, been a long first segment here. We'll take a break here, come back. Need to talk about the defensive tackle position for BYU coming out of spring ball. I think this is very much a strong position group for BYU heading into next season. That's a positive for the BYU Cougars, as you would expect. We'll talk about that next, but a reminder for you guys, if you are looking for a new podcatcher, use the new Himalaya podcast app. We've got a fantastic setup. They do personally curated playlists. You can find all of the Locked On Podcast Network shows on there locked on cougars included you can catch everything you need to know and you can also build those playlists that you want to listen to as well there are other sports podcasts you want to integrate into it you can use it they're always adding new features it's a fantastic new option in the podcast game if you are looking for a new podcatcher you just want to check it out check us out locked on cougars on the himalaya podcast app it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast for all things BYU. Thanks again for joining us. Please, if you're new to the podcast, subscribe to the show. Please give us that rating and review. We really do appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us. We're seven months plus into this venture, not stopping anytime soon. It is an absolute blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. So please subscribe, rate, and review, especially if you're using the Apple Podcast. That five-star review, it means more than you know. And I, I know I asked, uh, asked this a lot of you guys have really seen those numbers go up in terms of those ratings it really does help us in terms of our getting our name out there via apple's algorithms for podcasts so please subscribe rate and review really do appreciate you guys doing that and i will follow you guys on twitter if you let me know that you've subscribed you've rated and reviewed the show let me know i'll follow you on my feed jacob c hatch i'm happy to give you a follow i love hearing from byu fans so let me know if you have either already subscribed rated and reviewed the show or you're going to hit me up hit me with a tweet and i'll make sure to follow you i'm happy to do that all right let's talk some byu football defensive tackle position for byu the headliner here for this group coming out of spring ball is Kairos Tonga. I feel like Tonga has NFL written all over him. I only have one issue with his game, and that is the consistent effort that he gives in play in and play out. There are plays that Kairos, and any of you that watch football and have paid attention to Kairos Tonga, there are plays he absolutely wrecks plays. He'll break through the line, tackle the running back in the backfield, force a quarterback to move his feet, etc. He just ruins a play for the opposing offense. Then there are other plays. It feels like he stands up and gets pushed around. He's like, I'm just going to take this play off. If he can prove that he can be consistent and just be that every down defensive tackle at six foot five, 340 pounds, I'm guessing at this point. I don't know what they list him at all the time. Yeah, 340 currently, 6'4", 340 is what they list him at. He has every physical tool to be a high round NFL draft pick, but his motor that's what scouts are going to question is his motor. He goes into his junior year this year. He is going to be a guy that is going to be in the conversation to potentially leave early, having served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If he has a good year, I could see him considering making the jump, being an older prospect. You don't want to uh, take too much time away from being in the NFL and that earning potential, but his motor very much needs to be improved. And I th- saw glimpses of that during spring ball. We'll see if it holds up in fall camp and on into the season. But I really like what he's been able to show so far. And I'm hopeful that as he continues to really kind of lead this group, he takes an ownership of his own play and becomes a guy that BYU really can benefit from in their in the near term, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Is we want to see guys really step up and be leaders, but also raise their own level of play. And I feel like Kairos Tonga, like I said, he could be a day one NFL draft pick. And I know day one's weird now because it's like day one is the first round. So, okay, day two potentially with a second and third round pick. He's got all of the potential to do it. It's just a matter of him going out and proving that he can do it. Hopefully that makes sense. I don't want to spend all the time talking about Kairos Tonga because the other guys at defensive tackle here, they call him nose guard and defensive tackle at BYU. So uh, Kairos Tonga is going to be your starting nose guard, plain and simple. He can be a three-down defensive lineman. I just want to see that steady play-in and play-out effort. His backup is a former West Jordan stud, Atunaisa Mahe. Doesn't have the height of uh, of Kairos Tonga. He's listed at 6'1", and that's generous. I know in high school they listed him at 5'11", but Atunaisa Mahe is just strong. 
He can hold up at the point of attack, and he is a he is going to be a guy whenever Kairos Tonga decides to move on. Mahe is a very natural successor that nose guard spot. I really like what I really liked what I saw from him in spring ball. He's coming along nicely, having come back from a mission a year ago. And I feel like he'll be the number two guy heading in to fall camp. Now, you're kind of probably wondering, well, who's going to compliment Kairos Tonga and Mahe at defensive tackle? Well, I think it's a... I, I, <laughs> I want to say Lorenzo Fawatea. I, I like Lorenzo's game. He's been a very good player his first two years at BYU. He's dealt with some injury issues. But I feel like Fawatea, if he proves that he can be consistent, kind of in the same mold of what we have seen from Kairos Tonga at points, he can be that every down defensive tackle or be that first and second down guy at 300 and whatever pounds that Fawatea is listed at. And I go off these roster numbers, but and sometimes you look at those, you're like, okay, that number is probably good. Kairos Tonga, 340. Yeah, I believe that. No problem. Fawatea, 6'4", 306. Yeah, I tend to believe that he probably weighs about that much. I think he might have a little bit more weight on him, but that's good in terms of Fawatea. The guy that is going to push Fawatea and has really been impressive all last year and heading into spring ball, he's just been lights out, is Brackenell Bakery. And I'm telling you guys, Brackenell Bakery, I know there's a lot of guys that make the transition to playing a playing WWE, and it's probably a bad term to say playing WWE, but making the transition to being professional wrestlers. Bracken Bakri, he's got the charisma, he's got the ability, he's got the physique, 6'3", 290 pounds. Wouldn't surprise me, he's got a mullet right now. Have you seen his mullet on social media? It is glorious to behold. That's a guy that's really going to push Lorenzo Fawatea for that defensive tackle spot. Bracken Bakri was a revelation a year ago, really was a guy throughout fall camp. We expected him to be passed up by other guys, refused to do so. Him and Zach Daw, who's now playing a defensive end, were very, very good at that defensive tackle spot. So if Lorenzo Fawatea can come up with his natural gifts and abilities. I think he can pass Bracken Elbakri, but I think Elbakri probably is your is your number one defensive tackle heading in to fall camp. Now, other guys who at defensive tackle be trying to make an impression during fall camp include guys like Jetty Tuiloma, sophomore from Topeka, Kansas. Uh, he's the younger brother of Travis Tuiloma, 6'1", 300 pounds. Doesn't have necessarily the same physical good gifts that its older brother had, but I feel like Jetty has very much come along. He's a guy that's got a multiple years in the system now. And I feel like he is going to be a solid number three prospect, either at nose guard or defensive tackle. I'd probably stick him at nose guard because it's a position that doesn't necessarily, you don't have to move along the line as much, but I very much feel like he is an option there. He's also got a cousin of his, Earl Tuioti Mariner, another Topeka, Kansas native at 6'4", 294 pounds. I feel like Earl Tuioti Mariner is a guy that's got physical gifts. He just hasn't harnessed them yet. So he'll probably be another third string guy heading into fall camp and we'll see what shakes out there and then finally some other names before we close up here are two other names I probably should mention is Austin Chambers the former offensive lineman he has made the transition to defensive line from Shawnee Mission Kansas a lot of guys from Kansas playing on the defensive tackle front for BYU but Austin Chambers is a guy that he's still learning the position he's played offensive line for many many years and we'll see how he does in fall camp and then of course people always ask about this guy and I'm speaking about Moteki Ai Long Six foot seven, the 400 pound Tongan Mountain, as I like to call him. Well, here's the deal. I'm expecting that he's going to no longer be on scholarship um, this offseason. I know BYU's been facing that scholarship crunch of late, and I feel like he is a candidate to be asked to, hey, either you're going to be a walk on or you need to move on. And that's, that's unfortunate to say, but. 
We'll see what happens with Mo. He's dealt with multiple injuries. He had a neck injury that knocked him out for the majority of last year. Had a knee injury the year before that that ended his season early. We'll see. I'm interested to see if we see Mo out there come fall camp, but we'll keep you updated on that if any news comes out there. And then one final name for a guy that I really feel like can be a defensive tackle down the line but needs to add some weight is Freddie Levi. Kid from Fontana, California, the Inland Empire. Listen, him at 6'3", 250 pounds. He needs to add some more weight back on. I know he'd gotten up to around 280, 290 before his mission, but if he's lost all that weight, he probably needs a redshirt year this year and maybe makes an impression in those four games you're allowed, but we'll see. So there you go. Rundown of the defensive tackles as we continue our post-spring analysis. I really feel like defensive tackle this year for BYU, that he goes six deep, really have a nice rotation of guys and not see much slippage. I know that Kairos Tonga is the headliner there, but there are five other guys I feel like that definitely could be players could be guys that go on the field and produce at a, a good level for BYU in 2019. And that's a great sign for the BYU defense looking to reprise their role as a top 25 defense. All right, we'll get to everything else going on in BYU sports next. Reminder for you guys, it is baseball season. Major League Baseball is in full swing and the Locked On MLB channel has been relaunched. All you got to do to find the latest updates on your team is to search Locked On, insert your favorite team name here. I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, so I'd be looking for Locked On Mariners. Tell your personal assistant device, whatever you use, to look it up. You also can listen to the Locked On MLB show for more of an overview, that 30,000-foot look versus, so it's the the macro versus the micro look if you want more of just an overall look at MLB. But the Locked On Podcast Network, happy to have the Locked On MLB shows back in full swing, so check those out. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to thank you guys for your continued support here on the show. As always, reminder for you, if you want to find a new podcatcher, check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. All right, let's run down what happened in the other BYU sports over the weekend. BYU baseball was in San Diego this past weekend, taking on the Toreros. Uh, got absolutely blitzed in the first game, 15-5. to We talked about that on Friday's podcast. They came back on Friday night and lost in very controversial fashion. Lost that game six to five the home plate umpire completely blew a call if I'm Mike Littlewood I'd be absolutely livid about it I'd send it in for review it's just unacceptable that call and BYU loses it was a fielder's choice walk off essentially just an awful awful blown call but credit to BYU that bounced back on Saturday and I know that San Diego played a little more a few more of their reserves in the first two games BYU blew their doors off 17-4 to in the series finale so they lose the series albeit in controversial fashion and BYU now 22-8 and on the year sitting in second in the West Coast Conference behind Loyola Marymount with an 8-4 and overall record uh, they host Utah tomorrow night at Miller Park before heading to uh, hosting Pepperdine in a three game series at Miller Park later 
later this week. So hopefully BYU can get back. A rough week last week, but hopefully they can rebound and have a good week this week. We'll keep you updated on that. BYU softball, uh, they started a WCC play, losing their first WCC game to Loyola Marymount on Friday, then followed up with a doubleheader, two wins on Saturday over the Lions. So congratulations to Gordon Eakins' team. They're now 2-1 in West Coast Conference play. They will be at Utah State tomorrow before finally coming home. They finally have a home game this coming weekend when they host Pacific and WCC play. So hopefully BYU can start racking up some wins. I still think that they're the favorite to win the automatic bid out of the West Coast Conference, but they've got to start racking up some wins because they're still below 500 for the year. Um, some other news and notes for you is BYU Volleyball. They begin um, MPSF play this week in the MPSF tournament. There is a 5 at Stanford on Saturday. Going to be a tough place to win. BYU played that home-and-home home series with Stanford earlier in the year, winning at home, but then losing at Maples Pavilion. So we'll see. It's been a tough end of the season for the volleyball team, the men's volleyball team, losing those three matches in a row going into this. I uh, lost at Grand Canyon to finish out the regular season. So... They're going to have their work cut out for them if they want to make the postseason this year. Maybe a year, just kind of that dip we all expected may actually be coming true. Um, some other news for you in terms of men's tennis. Wanted to run down how things are going for the men's and women's tennis teams. We'll start off with the women's tennis team because uh, they actually had a good weekend, I think, all in all. Uh, they went out and actually beat San Francisco 4 nothing before losing to Santa Clara on Saturday. So you split your weekend. You can't necessarily ask for much more than that. They're back home this Friday hosting Loyola Marymount at the outdoor tennis courts. I think my favorite thing about the men's and women's tennis teams, they offer that free pizza if you go to their matches. Men's tennis, on on the other hand, just continues to roll on. They crushed San Francisco 4-0. Uh, they just continue to light it up. They are now 17-3, 6-1 in conference play. Just a stellar showing for uh, Brad Pierce's team. They've been lights out. They'll be at uh, Loyola Marymount, number 55 ranked Loyola Marymount this weekend before they have their final um, road match and also final regular season match at Pepperdine on Saturday. So a big weekend ahead for men's tennis. One final note for you before we go is that women's gymnastics, they were at the NCAA regionals over the weekend. They finished fourth of four in their pod, scoring a 195.550. That ends their season, but all things considered, I really feel like they had a great year under guard young. He's building something special. They'll lose Shannon Evans. She's a senior this year. He's been, she's been their star gymnast all year long. But I really like what guard young has been building, and we'll see what happens going into the offseason. So there you have it. That is the podcast for today, our Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys once again had all, all had a great weekend. A lot to get to this week. We're still working on getting some of the former BYU players getting ready for the NFL draft on the show. Chasing Sione Takitaki, Corbin Kafusi, Braden L. Bakri, and the like. We'll get you those interviews if and when we're able to lock them down. And of course, we'll be continuing on with our spring position reviews and also previews of the 2019 season coming up in the position groups for BYU football. And of course, as always, we'll bring you the latest and the greatest when it comes to the BYU basketball coaching search as I hear it from people I'm talking to. So there you go. Rundown of how the podcast is going to look for this week. Thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. And also let us know if there's anything you have, questions, etc. I love doing listener mailbag segments. And if you guys have questions, send them in at Jacob C. Hatch, at 
Locked On Cougars. Look us up on Facebook, Locked On Cougars. Also, Instagram, Locked On Cougars. All the different ways to find the show. Thanks again for your continued support. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars from April 8th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day